Welcome to episode 78 of the Bomber Brothers Podcast. Sean and Ryan back to talk more Yankee news. There really isn't any, but there is the World Series going on right now, which we can discuss. We can, we're also going to hand out uh, some grades for the Yankees for the 2020 season. Now that it's all wrapped up and over with, again, much too soon, but we can uh, talk about who performed the best, who I'm sure maybe there'll be a couple incomplete grades given some injuries yet again. Um, but first things first, our oldest bomber brother here turns 33 today. So happy birthday. Thanks, man. It's uh, It's been a while since I've been able to watch a Yankee game on my birthday because they usually don't make it that far. But what, when I turned 30 was the, the, the day before they lost to the Astros in the ALCS. So yeah. it's the, the closest we've gotten since they got eliminated on my birthday in 2010, I think. But I think my favorite stat is that from my ninth birthday to I believe my 13th birthday, the Yankees went 14-0, and or no, was it 12-0 and in World Series play because they had the two sweeps and my birthday was actually game oh no it was 14 now because my my ninth birthday was game three of the 96 world series and then my 13th birthday and it might have been 12th or 4th whatever was uh the off day after game two of the 2000 world series so the yankees went 14 and oh in the world series not not a bad stretch I wish I never turned 13 or, or whatever it was. They'd be undefeated. They would have won 2001 and 2003 World Series. Yeah. Wish we can go back to that. Yeah. Uh, so have you been watching the World Series? Yeah. I, um, I didn't watch so much of Game 1, but I definitely – I watched uh, pretty much the second half of the game last night. Uh, I watched a lot of the replays from Game 1, and boy, is it fun to make fun of the Red Sox for trading Mookie Betts, because he is a hell of a player. Yeah, it's something I'll still never be able to wrap my head around. Even, like, there's even, I, I even saw some, like, Red Sox beat reporters, like, like oh, the you know, the debate about Mookie Betts is going to go on forever, but... What it, debate? I know, and then they were also like, but it comes down to... Um, the Red Sox felt the long-term benefits justified making this trade. (laughs) It's like, how about the long-term benefits of signing the second best player in baseball to a long-term deal? Like that sounds like a long-term benefit. (laughs) Who would you say was the second best player in that trade? Or Uh, that trade tree? I would say, uh, was it Gratterall or Gatterall? Gratterall. Yeah. They well, could have had him. <laughs> they didn't want him. I know. And, and honestly, Verdugo had a really good season. He was one of the Red Sox best players. But his ceiling isn't much. even Mookie Betts. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's absurd. Yeah, so that's funny to watch. The race come back with a win last night. It was good to see Bellinger looked healthy in game one after the, the dislocation in game seven. Which oh, was, I know. Imagine that, that happened. Yeah. 
Imagine that happened to a Yankee. Oh, God, forget it. But how could you blame the, the training staff at that point? But last night was a good game with the, uh, you know, the Dodgers trying to come back and, and everything. But, uh, you know, we got a good series on our hands. Um, a couple back and, you know, back and forth. Game one to the Dodgers, game two to the race. So it seems like um, it's lined up to be a little crazy with the way their pitching staffs are sort of misaligned. So hopefully it goes for a while because I'm not quite ready to see baseball go away yet. Um, I need to take a little break. I always feel a little bit weird getting right into the next series after the Yankees are eliminated. But the last couple games in the um, AL and NLCSs were really good. And it was really fun watching the NLCS. I pretty much watched the entire game uh, of Game 7 because you knew you were watching a classic game unfold right before your eyes by like the fourth inning. And uh, the, the play that Turner made was awesome. So it's been, it's been really fun baseball uh, to watch, which is good. And if I saw a headline, Rob Manford wants to do more playoff teams and the extra inning thing, please don't. Please just leave the way it was before this year. Yeah, it's. I think I've it's seen. Just, it, yeah, I think I've seen a lot of people echo the sentiment that you and I feel, which is you know this is fine for a weird, crazy year like this, but like please just leave this strictly to 2020. Like it's like yeah, it's a concession that you make just to have it and. Um, yeah, please don't do it again. It's just a total aberration that the two one seeds made it because you know that's not going to happen every year. Yeah, I mean exactly. the Dodgers were the Dodgers were down three one. Yeah, and the Rays were uh, the Rays. The, you could have had a sub five hundred regular season team in the World Series if Game Seven doesn't go differently for the Rays. Yeah, that's the important thing to remember that we were one game away from having a team below five hundred in the World Series with this playoff format. Yeah crazy but yeah so it's been fun i'm not ready to say goodbye to baseball yet god knows when we'll get it back the the pandemic is surging again and um you know it's so funny they have well it's not funny but you know they they have the world series tickets and it's like you can only buy them in blocks of four and you're socially distanced and somebody hits a home run and everybody runs yeah to the exactly same spot and like <laughs> dives all over each other nobody's wearing masks i don't know what the hell that guy was doing that caught a home run yesterday but i'll leave that to john boy to break down and, oh, when uh, he like threw the glove or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was wild. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, pretty much it. You know, I was thinking like watching Mookie. Um, you kind of miss having a player like that. That's really a five-tool player um, and seems like pretty nimble. Like Ju- Judge is definitely, I think Mookie's equal. But most of the Yankee players are power hitters. You know what I mean? Like pretty. St- I don't know. Stiff is the wrong word, but they just seem like stiff. Like Mookie's just does it all, man. And, uh, you know, I, I miss guys like that. Like, like, you know, you had your Bernie Williams, your Derek Jeter's that, uh, you know, that were a little more, uh, wired. Well, well, Bernie didn't have too much of an arm for a five tool player. Yeah, I know. But I mean, he had a hell of a glove. Yeah. No, he was obviously one of my favorites ever, but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I, th- I would I would say Judge is the closest to that because even for a big guy, he is incredible in the field, and he does have decent speed. I just think about like the '96 ALCS when um, when Bernie took home after um, oh yeah when Todd, Todd Zeal, Zeal like yeah. did the fake throw like who could do that on the Yankees today besides Brett Gardner and maybe Judge, but I still don't think Judge would try that. What about um, Frazier? So, yeah, so that's, that's that's a good example. That that's a guy that that I, I kind of like that style of play, and it's just aesthetic. Like I'm not, yeah. you know, it, it's just aesthetic. So 
anyway, I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about. And uh, we've already seen some articles come out about how the Yankees might have cash constraints. Joel Sherman had that article that money might keep the Yankees from DJ LeMahieu, which is ridiculous. And we, you know, I don't want to spend the whole offseason going through it again and again. But the Yankees have more money than you know than all the other franchises. They should spend the most money and keep their players and, and go for it because the window of contention will close quicker than you would think. So yeah, it already is closing and. I mean, you were we're only like something like two years away from guys like Judge and Chad Green being um, free agents. So, yeah, it's closing quick. I mean, you saw in the postseason presser with Brenner talking about how the Yankees probably lost more money than anyone in baseball because of this. So they're already setting the table for probably not spending money. So... I'm certainly bracing myself for a, a season of, of frustration. Yeah, it's going to be a bad off season. Yeah, but. probably across the league. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It sucks that that you know the business of baseball has made following the game so ugly in the off season. I think by the time you get to the regular season, except when it comes back and bites you in the butt, you're you're okay with it. But yeah, um, yeah, the off season's getting harder to deal with. Yeah, no, it definitely is. All right, well, you want to run through this lineup and give uh, give out some some grades here? Yeah, sure, let's do it. You want to start with ownership? Sure. Um, ownership. This is tough because the guys that they have acquired of late, like obviously Garrett Cole, DJ LeMayhew, they all were great, but they didn't make any moves during the season, which was so glaringly needed. Again, like the, the pitching staff, the bullpen, you you knew Paxton was hurt and was going to be a question mark to even come back. You knew Severino wasn't going to be available the whole season. You knew Canely was, wasn't going to be available the whole season after he got hurt. This was all before the trade deadline. And then just not to not even go out and get one reliever or one starter. They it's almost like they voluntarily put themselves into this game two debacle, which everyone's gonna talk about for a long time for better or worse. So I'd give them a a D. A D? Wow, that's harsh. Yeah, it's but harsh I, I, because this is like yeah. the third year in a row that this has happened where the Yankees have had a glaring need and they chose not to make a move at the deadline. And then after the deadline, when Cashman gets to the podium for his po- for his post-deadline press conference, it's always, oh, you know, the price, the asking prices were just too high. And, and we mm-hmm. feel like getting this guy back from injury in a couple of weeks is yeah. going to be like making a big trade anyway. Uh, how many times does this have to happen before – they realize like we just need to push all the chips in and go for it. I mean, last year you, we get to a bullpen day in Game Six. The Yankees relievers are are worn thin by that time, and now again, it again happened this year. So it's, uh, it's I think I think it's pretty obvious that there were some clear needs that wouldn't have been very difficult to to fill, and they just mm-hmm. decided not to. Yep, I think. You remember like senior year of high school that you'd have those kids that would just maybe get a couple decent grades in their first marking period and then just do nothing the rest of the year because they knew they passed for the year and their college applications were in, like senioritis as they would call it. Oh, yeah. 
I think the Yankees did that. They got Garrett Cole, they re-signed Brett Gardner, and then they put their feet up, and they're like, all right, probably good enough to make the playoffs. And that was it. I mean, that was really all they did all year was they signed Garrett Cole and Brett Gardner. That was it. That was literally the only moves they made, right? Yeah. They didn't trade for anybody. They didn't bring anybody new in. So, yeah, I mean, I think actually now they think about it, yeah, they did the minimum to pass, so they get a D. And they're they're lucky to get a D because, yeah, honestly, just it, they didn't adjust. They did the right move right away, but then they didn't adjust when they lost uh, Severino, Paxton. And um, and Canley, which Canley was a huge blow. And, and as much as it hurt to not have Paxton and Severino, I think the Canley injury might have been what made the difference between the Yankees breaching the ALCS and not. Yeah, no, I so, absolutely agree. I guess that kind of covers Cashman, too, right? Because it's the yeah. same thing. It's just a matter of what Cashman had to had to navigate around. Yep, I agree. Here's the one we'll probably both disagree on. What do you yes. think about the ma- the manager? I don't know. I'm very lukewarm, you know. Like I don't, I don't, I didn't like find myself hating any move he did. Again, I'm sure game two is about to get brought up, but I just again like game two was just a product of how little options the Yankees had, and they were trying to maximize their advantage and get happen against against a bunch of lefties. And he just simply didn't do the job because the Yankees because the Hap just isn't very good. So I don't have as much of a problem with it as other people do. Um, I don't have as much of a problem with Boone himself as a lot of people seem to. I think, uh, you know, obviously Yankee fans have incredibly short memory and the guy won 103 games with a record-setting injury roster last year. So, you know, he's capable. I didn't really see him do anything crazy egregious this year i think i think there were some spots where he kind of reverted back to trying to steal outs from starting pitchers which came back to bite him in a few games but you know how much of that was a product of knowing that his bullpen was really depleted he had chapman coming back from covid to start the season uh canely got hurt so uh, adovino was a shell of himself so i think all those were factors so i don't know i'll, I'll give him a I'll give him a B minus. Oh wow! I'm gonna give him a D. <laughs> I uh, I thought he went way back to the 2018 boom. 2019 boom was great, but he he chased outs all year this year. And then in the play, like look at Game Two against Cleveland. We were screaming about everything he was doing in that game. That was just an awfully managed game. And I thought that was a microcosm, honestly, for how he managed all year, chasing outs. You know, trying to trying to. Um, get a little too cute with how things were handled. And then I also think um, some of the stuff in the, in, in this uh, division series, especially the game four with how he pitched Chapman for, he got him up, sat him down, got him up again for bringing him in in the eighth. I understand, but I would have let Britain face one more batter. I, I, I thought he managed that poorly. I don't know how much of this is on Boone, but I think we have to assume that Boone at least has less call of how he's going to manage his team, and it might not be, and maybe we're grading the wrong person. But I thought some of the bullpen decisions um, in Game 4 could have affected Game 5. And then I I think the whole Game 2 thing, um, I'm still convinced that if you just start Debbie. Uh, the Yankees are more in that game by the time you're able to go to the bullpen, which at that point was well-rested because they had the off day before the division series. They, they had a bunch of off days, and, and Cole pitched great in game one. So um, 
I, I think Boone really managed poorly. And he pinched it with Mike Ford, who hadn't had a hit since August. That was bad. That was bad. Twice, right? Didn't he, didn't he pinch it with him in another game, too? Oh, game five. Yeah, game five. And did he pinch it with him in game two? I don't remember. I feel like Locked he got that game from my memory. Anyway, so yeah. Would have, would have rather seen, uh, you know, Clint up in that spot or honestly, Higashioka. I mean, or <laughs> Gary Sanchez. I don't care. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Uh, I guess let's start going. Well, you want to start with the pitchers? Yeah, let's try to make it quick, though. I mean, I think we don't need to get into a diatribe about the performance. We all we all saw them. Right. So, I mean, I, I'd give Garrett Cole an A, you know, that, that he had the blip in the middle of the year settled down and did everything you could ask him to do in the postseason yeah. if you asked me. So I'd give Cole e- an A. Easy, easy A for Cole. Um, Hap. <laughs> Hap, uh, Hap gets, a, gets a D. Because he did have that little stretch where he actually helped when, yeah. they were, when they needed a winning streak. Other than that, he was awful. But I'll give Hap a D. I was going to give him a C- because he did have a good stretch. Yeah, but uh, I mean overall I would say poor. He did a poor job this year. Um, Tanaka. Um, I actually would give Tanaka a B plus because I thought during the regular season he was very good. He was more consistent during the regular season than he has been in the past. Um, obviously, the postseason didn't wind up the way you want, but there was a lot of extenuating circumstances in the first postseason game he pitched. The second one obviously was not good, but I can't look past what he did throughout the regular season, um, You know, being the second best starter on the staff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I would I'm get, also biased. I love Tanaka. No, I, I I love Tanaka too. Almost an identical oh. fit to Hap, and he was yeah. poor in the postseason. So I, I think I'd have to give him like a. I guess I'd also give him a, a B minus because he was kind of right in line with Hap. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. But he got better results. But please bring him back. Yeah, I I got really pumped up when I saw. It. Did you see the picture that Cole posted? Yeah, when they were out to at the sushi restaurant. Yeah, that that got me pumped up. I'm like, oh man, I hope <laughs> this isn't a goodbye dinner. I hope this is like, yeah, you'll be back. Yeah, but cool. uh, all right, uh, Paxson incomplete. Um, Devi, I'm I'm going. Uh, I'm going probably an A for Devi because I. I couldn't really ask for much more out of a 21-year-old rookie coming into the rotation. I mean, yeah, he had the clunker in Boston, but one other, bad than start. That, other than that, he was great. One bad start, and it's where the you know his hero lived, Pedro Martinez, or pitched, you know, made so understand maybe a little jacked up for that game, but he was awesome, and he won a lot of big games, right? Yeah. Like the he kind of turned it around when the Yankees were in that that stretch of of losing, and. Um, yeah, I, I give him an A, and I'm really excited to see what he does next year. I would have liked to see him pitch a little bit longer in the postseason, but hey, we are where we are. All right, rapid fire through the bullpen. I think Britain's a pretty easy A. Britain's turned out to be a great contract. He had another really good year this year. I don't know how you feel, but I think that's a pretty easy one. A, make sure you exercise that option. Um, green, Tough one because he went through his stretches where he looked like his old self, and then he went through some stretches where he struggled. But I would go with a B. I'd go high. I'd go high uh, C plus. It's a little bit over satisfactory. All right. Um, Adovino, I think, is pretty clearly. I'm going to give him an F. Yeah, F. Um, 
God, who else was even in the ball? Oh, Loisaga, I'm, I'm going with an F2 because we've been hearing too much about how good his stuff is for years now, and he just has not been able to translate it. Like, he is just – he's become like a bad, bad version of Dustin May who has really good stuff but just doesn't seem to miss bats. And Loisaga's stuff is just slightly worse than May's and is slightly worse at missing bats, and he just hasn't been good. I'd give Loisaga a good day. He had a couple decent innings where he, he did – did live up to the hype, but right. yeah, you know, I wouldn't give him a total F. But what do you you miss Chapman? Oh yeah, forgot about Chapman. Guess I and my boy to. Jonathan Holder. Don't forget about him. All right, well, Holder had another ERA around five, so I, I would <laughs> I would give him a. He actually started off good too. Like the first the first yeah, half, he did. I was like, all right, Holder, let's let's. Uh, he's a nice beefy guy. Looks like a Java Chamberlain type, but did, couldn't couldn't sustain. So yeah, he he fell off. Yeah, so he's a C minus for me. Ah, oh, C minus. Yeah, I'd, I'd give Holder a, a D probably. And but Chapman. Yeah, Chapman G- gives up another one of the biggest playoff home runs, which has been a trend since 2016. Um, Give him a walk off at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. I don't know this 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 feel. I mean, this feels like a a, a C minus. For me, yeah, below satisfactory. I agree. C minus is good. Um, you know, we miss Montgomery. Um, that's a tough one to grade. Yeah, that is a tough one to grade. He pitched one. Of the, excuse me, pitched one of the biggest games of the season. But and he I, did, I, he did have he did he did make ten starts, which I don't remember. Yeah, I know. He, well, I'd give him I'd give him a C because he had some clunkers, but he also had some games where he pitched in and out of trouble a lot. And if we're just looking at the outcome, I mean, I think he did an okay job for your number five starter. Yeah, I was I was about to say I was going to give him something higher than that because you know yeah the results weren't always there, but he had a he had the um, that, he, lowest he's got that FIP. CC Sabathia soft contact. Going yeah, on. he had the lowest FIP in the rotation, and he just kind of got babbit to death this year. So, I mean, you can turn in – he can pitch exactly the way he did this year, next year, and for and all of a sudden that ERA will be down to three as long as, like, you know, baseball luck levels out. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd give Montgomery a like a C-plus, B-minus range. Fair enough. All right. All right. Let's move on to position players, and we'll start behind the plate with Gary Sanchez, which I think would be pretty um, – Pretty universal here. I mean, I still think I still think the Yankees should believe in him. Like this is this kind of season is more of an anomaly than his you know 2016, 17, 19 performances. But I think this is still an F. He had an OPS yeah. plus of sixty nine. F. F. I, I don't got to say anything else. Yeah, but I'd, I I I'd honestly I'd give Higgy a B. Yeah, I would too. He he. Got some big hits, and he, he, he got coal on track. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's a beat to me. Um, all right, let's just let's just get through these easy ones here. So Voight, LeMayhew, Urshela, I think, are all easy A's. Yeah, I'd give Urshela an A-, minus, but the other two, both A's. I'd give Urshela an A just because of how much panic there was that he was going to come back down to earth, and he still put up an 860 OPS. I mean, that's – what more can you ask for, like, given – what they brought him over for and yeah so that that was pretty big and he had the grand slam yeah that was a big big moment yeah but yeah so pretty much in line there but yeah void a little mayhew a what about torres it's a tougher one to grade i'm sorry void lemayhew a plus 
is yeah, what it I'm, should be. Right. I'm going. I'm going college where there are no A pluses. Okay. Um, Glaber struggled really badly early on. Got hurt. Came on strong and had an, another awesome postseason. He's been one of the most consistent playoff bats since he came up. So, but he also did struggle really badly early on, um, and he did. He, you know, he did get hurt, which kind of probably impacted his ability to get back on track quicker. But I don't know. Uh, st- still was above average. Very slightly, but was above average, so I don't know, C-plus. I was just going to say C-plus, a little bit above satisfactory. Defense made me have Ajita a lot, but um, you know his bat looked like the bat we expected uh, as we got to the postseason. So, um, you know, I'm not concerned about Gleyber Torres' ability to hit moving forward. Defense still is a concern, but overall, I mean, he had some, some big hits. Good year. So I would give an identical grade to Brett Gardner because also he also finished slightly above average in the OPS WRC plus department and he struggled really badly early on. But then he also came on really strong at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gardner had a I'd probably bump him down to a C because he was really bad early on. Yeah, um, he was. And his defense even took a step back, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give Gardner a C. All right, here, um, here comes. But the, on, on the, oh, the flip ahead. side, I would give I would give Frazier a, a B plus. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, he had a slump at the end of the year, but um, I know. I actually was going to give him an A minus. Oh, I mean, we're, incredibly we're off by, by .5. Incredibly improved defense. I just think the A looks better, and I think the A tells a, a better story for Frazier. Who, I mean, look, he finished with an OPS over nine hundred, and his defense was. Crazy improved. Hit a, hit a postseason home run. Uh, I just I think that was I think that's huge for the Yankees who are who are trying to figure out what to do post Brett Gardner. So yeah, I mean I'm not looking at improvement. I'm just looking at performance, right? So like last year maybe he had a D, but this year he gets a, a B plus. So that's a big improvement. So right. I, I thought he did a good job. I'm excited to see what the future holds for him. And uh, definitely did not feel that way last year. Like yeah. You know, I feel I feel like the Yankees got something there in left field, and uh, I think it's not uncommon for a young player to have the slumps and the the, the hot streaks. So, yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, here comes this is a tricky one, Aaron Hicks, because a lot of people are going to point to the lack of power, and but I point to the fact that a he played almost every game, which is huge for him, not just coming back from Tommy John, but because he does have a an injury passed and he also had what was it like the third highest on base percentage in all of baseball so I, I when you when you have someone coming back from tommy john and we, we've seen how long it can take guys to get back to normal like the dds and the seegers for these position players that come back from tommy john for hicks to do what he did and then also go on to be one of the most valuable bats throughout the playoffs I'm, I feel compelled to, you know, go to the B plus A minus range for Hicks. I I would get yeah I'm I'm right there. I'll probably skew on the B plus side, but he had an OPS plus of one twenty one, so not, not bad. No, I mean he was an on base machine, and he had yeah. the, and he had the big home run against the Mets, which was one of the cooler regular season moments. Yeah, he uh, he pimped the first row home run, which the first row Yankee Stadium home run. Interesting choice and. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he had 41 walks, 
um, which is, you know, absolutely awesome to only 38 strikeouts, which that's, that's a great job. And he did such a great job of getting on, um, you know, extending innings for, for guys at the, you know, to, to drive them in. So yeah, I, I would, I would say B plus. All right. So, uh, tricky ones here, which can be almost paired together with judge and Stanton because they had very similar years. They once again, couldn't stay healthy for the full season, but also once again, when healthy, were incredibly productive at the plate. Obviously, Stanton's postseason has to be taken into account because that was incredible, but he was also hurt for an extended period of time again. Um, so this is a tricky one. I would give um, I would give Stanton a B. I think yeah. because of his postseason, it really saves his grade. Like he's the guy that aced the final, even though he didn't do anything during the year. Um, so I'll, I'll give him a B because he had not only a good postseason, but also very clutch, big home runs, big grand slam. Um, so Stanton, Stanton gets, uh, gets a B from me, uh, judge, I'd give a B minus. He, he had the great start to the year, but in the postseason, you know, he had a couple homers, but definitely kind of came off uh, a little bit. Other than that, he didn't look great at the plate, uh, particularly, uh, in some games. And I think his cause he was probably fighting lower body stuff. Uh, he never looked the same once he come back, came back from the, from the failed rehab after, you know, the rehab after the failed rehab. And I have to take that into account too, is that he had a, whatever, this is the first time we've heard failed rehab, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that uh, he's got an F somewhere. He's got to pull his grade down a little bit. So I, I give him a B minus. I think Definitely, this was the year where it started off like we're like, oh, wow, this is the next level of Aaron Judge with the way the season started. And then after that, it was not great. Yeah, I actually would have given identical grades to both of them. So we're in agreement there. Um, I, I think I think we get into the CC minus ranges for guys like Talkman, Wade and Ford. You know, the Yankees have seemed to love Wade since he got here, but he's proven to be nothing more than a speed and defense guy. He, again, was really poor at the plate this year. Talkman took a big step back, but not really. I mean, that's that was kind of something expected for guys like him and Ford. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Those are C's to me, just like meh. Nah, I, would, I would say I would probably bump them down. I would keep Wade at a C, but for Talkman and, and Ford, I'd probably give them a D because they really didn't do much in the second half of the year um, yeah. at all. And they did very little in the first half of the year. So I, 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 w- I would bump them down to a D. I thought it was disappointing to see the regression, uh, albeit expected. It was still a regression and uh, they were important parts of the team and, and, and contributors in 2019. So I, I bumped them down. I think, I think the only one left really would be like an Andahar. Um, That's an incomplete for me. Yeah. Same. I don't know. I think, I think he gets moved. It's, there's no spot for him. No, there's the, Yankee, the, the Yankees need to probably clear infield space as it is. Um, yeah, Urshela has cemented his spot at third for sure. I mean, that's without question. Um, I guess they're gonna have. To, I guess we're gonna have to see what goes on with Lemayhew and what they do there. But they already. You know, hmm? Go ahead. Sorry. They already have the corners locked up and and one middle infielder locked up. So, I mean, can't really put Andahar anywhere else. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I was thinking? Um, we were talking last week and I was kind of like the Yankees need more diversity in the lineup. And I, I still feel that way, honestly. And then we were talking about creating a spot for that. 
I would just go out and get whoever you want and get a lefty bat that could play in the infield and just have, have an extra infielder. Cause with LeMahieu, he could play third, second or first. You're going to have injuries. Um, or you could just platoon guys. I mean, you know what I mean? There's, there's nothing that says like, you know, you, you're going to want to give guys days off, especially with the way the Yankees are. I mean, the, look at the the Rays or, or the Dodgers who were in the World Series. They they do plenty of platoons. If you go out, let's just say they get Lindor because I I like Lindor. I think he'd be fun. You could play him at short, you know, pretty six days a week, and then and move Torres over, and then have Mayhew play second uh, when Torres has a day off or first or third. And I, I mean, you could do that too. And if you know Geo regresses, then you put Mayhew a third, and no no nothing lost there. And if somebody gets hurt. You're good. I mean, that's how they went into 2019 and it worked out pretty well. And I know we talk about all of the next man up and stuff, but let's be real. DJ LeMahieu wasn't in the starting lineup on opening day. Um, and having him there would uh, is what helped the Yankees weather the, the injuries. Now, obviously, you go into 2021 with him as your soup, one of your superstar players, not as a backup. But just having that depth is important. And I think in this day and age of Major League Baseball, um, having four infielders that are, you know, you're, you're starting infield is probably not enough. So I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I'm getting greedy. I think the Yankees should do whatever it takes to put an all-star team out on the field. You can call me a spoiled fan if you want, but I mean, it's just kind of what I think. I feel like that's what Yankee fans feel like they should be able to feel like when you have the richest team in baseball who you're used to the George Steinbrenner era where it was kind of just like, win at all costs even sometimes to a fault when it came to spending money on some players but it's just unfortunately not that way anymore and I just think we're gearing up to be more frustrated this offseason I mean I, I think it's never a good sign where where you're when you're already uneasy about them potentially not bringing back guys that have been the team MVP, MVP back yeah. Back years. yeah. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, not feeling good. Not feeling good. Not great. All right, well, uh, how about the team overall? Um, I'd give them a C. It was satisfactory year. I yeah. thought um, I thought they played hard in the playoffs, um, some really exciting games. But the inconsistency throughout the regular season made it really, really hard to enjoy this year. Um, so I'd, I'd give the team a C. Yeah, same. You're the Yankees. We, you know, you're in the honors class. So making the playoffs doesn't mean you get an A. No, yeah, it's and it's also just frustrating to realize like how close they came. Just because you know you lose by one in, in an elimination game to the Rays, and then you go in. I'd, I would have felt really, really good about their chances of beating this year's Astros team. So. Oh, when the Astros when when the Astros were down three nothing, I was like, this could have been us. And then when it was like game seven, I was like, <laughs> maybe the Yankees wouldn't have smoked them as bad as I thought. But yeah, still still pretty confident they would have beat them though. Yeah. I'm so glad they're out. I couldn't take this anymore. Shut yeah, yeah. Did not want to hear about this little engine that could. Oh my god. Anymore. Yeah. It's funny too because you're like you, you like Dusty Baker, but at the yeah. same you can't stand any more of those guys. I'm a horrible human being because everybody was like, oh, I feel so bad if Altuve has the yips. I'm like, I don't care. This guy cheated his way to like an MVP. <laughs> I don't care what he deals with. This is God punishing you, bro. I don't feel bad for him. Yes, very serious Chuck Knobloch flashbacks watching him spike balls 
over to he, first he, base. He, he figured it out though. So all those people that were so heartbroken for Altuve, you can yeah, you, you can, can rest, rest. <laughs> after right. he gives the MVP back to Judge. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. I got my horrible person this out. All right. Well, any big birthday plans? Nah, I'm just gonna cut the grass, and and I took the day off so I could do chores. So that's it. My wife's birthday's tomorrow, so I'm gonna make sure the house looks nice for her birthday. That's what I'm doing with my birthday. Nice. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Maybe I'll watch a, a Star Wars movie or something tonight because there's no baseball on. But that's all I got planned. All right. Sounds like sounds like a good birthday. I guess depending on which Star Wars movie you watch. We'll see. I like pretty much all of them except for the prequels. All right. I know. We, I know. We disagree on episode nine. That's okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I like all of them except probably one, two, and nine. Uh, I like nine. But fair yeah. enough. You know, for Anakin says from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. But that's after he slaughtered a schoolroom of children. I was thinking about that. You don't even think yourself like even if you think that like at worst we're both evil, right? Because you just killed a bunch of children. Yeah, seems 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 weird to me. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of rewatching movies nowadays is to just realize like how many things like just don't make sense. Like I was rewatching The Dark Knight last night, and <laughs> I mean the opening scene is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. But then the Joker pulls the school bus out of the bank and has like remnants of the bank's wall falling off the school bus as he pulls into a line of like seven other buses. How did none of those school buses like radio into someone and be like, yeah. hey, like one of these buses just pulled out of a fucking bank wall? <laughs> I can tell you've been watching the rewatchables now that you think like that. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what you. Yeah, that's what you think about. That's a, that's a weird one. Yeah. So, anyway, all right. Well, um, I'll go look for some more uh, things that make no sense in movies, and um, we'll talk next week about something. Yeah. Maybe the Yankees, maybe movies, who knows? Depends on how much news there is. I doubt there's going to be much, but we'll no, be here to talk about whatever it is. They'll, they'll, they'll say they're slashing payroll and they've traded Garrett Cole to the uh, the Pirates or something. Who knows? <laughs> and then he'll suck again once he goes to the Pirates. Uh, All right. right. Well, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. See you later, everybody.